Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 93 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to Wide Receiver Week. Today, I'm joined by special guest Josh Knott of the Fantasy Footballer UK, all the way from Manchester, England, in the United Kingdom. Josh and I discuss our top 13 to 24 wide receivers in part one of our top 24 wide receiver rankings. Please follow Josh on Instagram at the Fantasy Footballer UK with the hashtag hashtag FFUKNation. Follow him on Facebook at the Fantasy Footballer UK as well and on Twitter at the FFUK. Because of previous two episodes with Justin of Fantasy Fucking Football and Willie of MMB Fantasy Football, Ran close to two hours. We've decided that we give you two separate episodes here for the wide receivers. There's a ton of value on this episode. Josh comes correct with the stats. So pace yourself, take some notes, and turn us on time and a half if you have to. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, TCK Potters, special episode today. Very, very excited about this one. All the way from Manchester, England, in the United Kingdom, I want to bring in my man, Josh Not Josh, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing really good, man. How are you? I'm doing so well. This is, a, this is a long time coming. We've been talking for a few weeks, trying to get you on the podcast here. The TCK pod has gone international. Very excited about this. And uh, we linked a few weeks ago um, and have been talking about doing this podcast episode so I, I much appreciate you uh, getting on here, man. We're dealing with an eight-hour time difference, I believe. So while I'm possibly gearing up for uh, a lunch, you might be gearing up for dinner um, and possibly bedtime here soon. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. <laughs> you being flexible, man. I know that you had a little bit of a road trip to make sure that your Wi-Fi was handy and, and you're coming correct with the stats this time, too. So, again, right off the bat, just much appreciation to you. Um, let me uh, turn it over to you really quick. Why don't you fully introduce yourself Introduce all your pages really quick, and then uh, give me a little bit of a backstory on how you got into fantasy football primarily, but also uh, American football as you uh, as you grew up in England. Yeah, no problem. So uh, I'm Joshua Knott um, from the Fantasy Footballer UK. Um, so yeah, I've got pages on Instagram at the Fantasy Footballer UK. Um, same handle on Facebook and on Twitter. It's at the FFUK. Um, primarily Facebook and Instagram are the platforms that I use. Um, DMs are always open to anybody asking any questions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I only started the page probably kind of two months ago and uh, already the, the, the UK's biggest fantasy football page. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a huge kind of platform step up for me. I mean, I've played fantasy football for... Uh, what is it now? Six years. Uh, starting in 2013. Um, so, yeah, every single year I've kind of grown to love it more and more. Um, and I just thought, right, I'll take the leap and I'll um, I'll share my passion with, with all of you guys. And uh, hopefully it'll kind of it'll translate across the pond. That's awesome. And you you actually play. So you play a form of American football, correct? Um, so, I, you know, of course, we'll just get this out of the way. There's, I think, world football, which I think we would call soccer, and yep. there's American football, which we think of as football, 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 like the NFL. So you've played, or you play, American football, and and break that down for me real quick. You've played with some some people that have are against the teams that some people have gone to the 
to to the NFL and things like that. Um, you just break that down for me real quick on on what kind of leagues you play with and and how maybe you found American football uh, and and got into that. Yeah, of course. So um, 2013 uh, was the first year I kind of spotted the sport. I never really knew about it beforehand. Um, I was always a sport guy growing up, um, playing soccer, um, tennis, all these different things. Um, but then when the games came over to Wembley, um, I saw it on TV and um, it was the Steelers versus Vikings game um, in 2013. Adrian Peterson got, I think, a 50-yard-plus TD run. Um, and ever since that, I, I was kind of hooked. Um, that night, I stayed up kind of well past my bedtime. Bear in mind, I was a lot <laughs> younger back then. Um, and I kind of pestered um, my mum to kind of take me to the, the to the training sessions that we had in Manchester. Um, so I, I did my research and found the Manchester Titans, which is the team that I ended up kind of growing to be a massive part of and, and love kind of sometimes more more than my own family. I spend more time with them than I do with quite a lot of the people in my own family. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've played there from 2013 through to last year. Last year was my last playing season. Um, and then last year and this year, I became a, a coach. Um, so I'm actually coaching the 13 to 17-year-olds as a defensive coordinator. Um, so... Between the ages of 13 to 17, we play five-a-side football. Um, so I know from previous conversation with you, um, you don't have five-a-side, or if you do, it's at the very young stages, more at peewee. But I think even peewee, you have more than five-a-side. Yeah, um, and, and, and actually, I think so. So, you know, growing up in high school playing ball, uh, you know, we have like seven-on-seven seven drills, which is basically everybody but the linemen. You know, we have 11-on-11, 11 11, of course, but like five-on-five five is just usually not – not something that I've dealt with. I mean, you know, you scrimmage and stuff in practice or whatever, but like as a league, maybe outside of like flag football, uh, you know, maybe that's, that's something, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it, man. And I've been playing for, I mean, I don't play anymore. I'm, I'm well past my prime, but I played, <laughs> you know, American football for 12 years growing up all the way through high school. Um, so that's interesting that you play, you play five on five. And so you coach the, you coach the kids now, uh, you played for a handful of years and there is kind of the the main juggernaut team in the UK. Are they based out of London? So, and- um, yeah, so there's ba- basically there's there's the most successful team, which is the London Blitz. They've kind of won kind of mo- most years, really, especially at kind of the age groups that I've played at, um, mainly just because of the resource pool that they have. Because it's the biggest city in the UK, a lot of kids either move down there to play or are already based down there. So they have a lot of kids that want to be kind of the Odell Beckhams and all these kind of guys that are doing one-handed catches and making big hits and stuff like that. And they're all going down there. Um, But in actual fact, the Manchester Titans, which is the team that I'm associated with, um, we've actually won the UK's biggest programme three years in a row. Oh, um, wow. Congratulations. the, The past three years. So that basically means that we've got the biggest following and the kind of the biggest... Um, kind of number of people into the kind of associated with the club. So I think we're the only team or one of two teams in the country that has a team for every single eligible um, kind of age range or kind of outlet. So we have all the way from flag football under 12s. So we have kind of eight-year-olds playing football now, um, kind of bringing them up really young. Um, and it goes all the way up to adult. So we have contact from 13 all the way to adult. 
and then we have flag from basically babies up until adult and <laughs> and we have and we have women's teams as well and we have mixed teams as well so we have men and women playing together and we also have women only teams that's great man well i really appreciate the breakdown i've always been kind of curious you know since the nfl went over to wembley stadium and, and has been playing the last handful of years and now we have what three games a year it seems like over in england uh probably be even more coming soon you know we've had players like jay ajayi and i'm sure you can name off a few others who have come over and been successful in the NFL. Uh, so that's that's really impressive, man, and I appreciate you breaking that down for me. And, and again, you know, I, I think just as a platform in fantasy football, when I came across your account uh, a few weeks ago, I was surprised, you know, to see, you know, UK fantasy football. That's why I hit you up right away. It was like, hey, dude, like, are you actually 100% into this? Like, what's up? Because for me, it was surprising, you know, because I think UK football and I think soccer. Um, yeah, but it was, it, it was really um, it was really awesome to, to see you as involved as the rest of us are. And and uh, I just super appreciate you coming in and we spent, you know, the first five, five, ten minutes almost on the podcast talking about the backstory, which I really appreciate. Thank you for that. Um, if you're uh, unless you have anything else to share right away about your uh, personal connection to fantasy football and all that stuff, um, let's dive into some players. How do you sound about that? Yeah, cool. We'll uh, we'll dive straight into it then. Awesome, man. So today we are going into our. Let's see, bottom, I guess you'd say. The first, uh, let's see, wide receivers 13 through 24. And as I mentioned in the intro, because these last couple episodes with Justin of Fantasy Fucking Football doing quarterbacks and then Willie of MNB Football doing running backs, those episodes were two hours. This one is going to be the length of about two hours, I'm sure, as a, as a full wraparound. But I think what we decided to do here is just split it up. So we're going we're gonna to go a little bit more in depth. I know that you're a stats nerd. I'm a yeah. stats nerd. <laughs> we've, we've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot to say. I think wide receivers as running backs is, is a very, very important position, especially at the top. I think you can find a lot of kind of gems in the, you know, uh, the wide receiver three, four, five range as the season goes on. Guys get hurt. Guys come up from the practice squad we don't even know yet. There are going to be players that finish as a wide receiver two that we don't even know right now or that we're not going to talk about it. That's guaranteed uh, due to injury or, or, or uh, players swapping out, whatever. But what we're going to try to do right now is at least go through our rankings of the top 24 running backs over the next two episodes and discuss why we have them, where we have them, and uh, go through it like we have been. So appreciate y'all tuning in to Wide Receiver Week. Josh, it's really, really a blessing to have you here on the podcast, man. Let's get into it right now. At the top, uh, at the 24th wide receiver for me, I've got Tyler Lockett. Um, at the 23rd, I've got Calvin Ridley. And the 22nd, I've got Chris Godwin. Why don't you give me your 24th, 23rd, and 22nd receivers? Okay, so my 24th, we match on the first name, but we don't on the second name. I've actually got Tyler Boyd at 24. Okay. Um, and then 20, 23, I've got Kenny Galladay. And 22, I've got Chris Godwin. Okay, great. Uh, 22, we match on. And let's talk about Lockett and Boyd right at the beginning there. I like that. We, we do match up on the Tyler, but we have two different ones. Why don't you go first with, uh, with Tyler Boyd and uh, break it down? And by the way, I, I don't actually have Tyler Boyd ranked in my top 24, but that is nothing against him. Um, I just think with A.J. Green coming back, I know that Tyler Boyd's actually a little bit better. Uh, with AJ Green there, I just think the rest of these guys in my top twenty-four have a have a place there. But I like that a lot. Why don't you break down Tyler Boyd for me? Yeah, of course. So last year he got one hundred and eight targets. So of the wide receivers that got one hundred and eight targets, he actually got one of the top fantasy points per target. 
and we got two point uh, two point zero five points per target, which is um, really 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 good considering he's a, a second string wide receiver, um, and he also got over a thousand yards, um, which in a PPR league, if you're getting over a hundred targets, which means you're going to get a really high amount of catches, um, and also over a thousand yards, that's that's kind of major, especially when you're going to pick him up. Um, his ADP in terms of kind of his actual position is 27th. So he's been the 27th wide receiver off the board, mm-hmm. which obviously is kind of lower than what I've ranked him as. Um, but given the kind of what he can actually do and what he's shown he can do, especially with um, AJ Green there or not there, it doesn't really affect him. And that's kind of what you want in a wide receiver, especially when you're picking them up um, in maybe a 12-team league or something like that. You want to be able to pick someone up that doesn't cost you a bomb, but is reliable and has quite a big upside. I mean, he scored seven touchdowns last year, um, which is, I think, in the top third of, of the league. Um, he's definitely in the top 10 um, in, in terms of wide receivers. And he only played 14 games. So he's actually scored one touchdown in every other game he's played, um, which for a second string, again, second string, Um, especially when you look at the likes of, say, I don't know, um, Robert Woods. So Robert Woods was obviously injured. Well, he, he was in. He kind of picked up. I think he picked up a couple of niggles during the season. Um, but he played sixteen games and he got six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So someone that kind of was getting hyped all season, obviously he's on the Rams. Tyler Boyd actually outperformed him in terms of touchdowns, um, and obviously in well in most leagues it's six points per touchdown so on a week-to-week basis if you can get that six point upside against someone that's drafted Robert Woods maybe a round or two rounds earlier than Tyler Boyd then you're on to a winner aren't you I agree I agree I like that a lot and and you're right he is a second fiddle there to AJ Green AJ Green's coming back I've actually got Tyler Boyd at my uh, 26th position so I wasn't planning to break him down on this podcast but since you brought him up I like Tyler Boyd a lot. I think he's a great young talent. I think he's going to really kind of spur into a great, um, you know, second second player on, I want to say a good offense, but I'm worried about yeah. Andy Dalton. Uh, we'll get to A.J. Green later on. But um, I, I like Tyler Boyd as well, and I think you're right. The upside is there. Uh, the touchdown upside is there. He's made some big plays, and he's actually better. He's one of those receivers that I think actually benefits from having the top dog on the field, so he's not getting that double coverage. He faded a little bit down the stretch when A.J. Green got hurt, but before that, you're right, he was um, he was an RB2 for most of the season before that. So I think that's a great call with uh, with Tyler Boyd. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett at 24. Uh, Lockett and Wilson were incredibly efficient last season, combining for a league best 153.8 QBR for Wilson when Lockett was targeted, which is as good as it can get. Um, That's incredible efficiency, but I just don't see that happening this year. A lot of that came from Lockett's league-leading yards per target, which was 13.6, first in the NFL. Um, He was also first in fantasy points per target at 3.1. And he was 10th in yards per uh, reception at 16.9, pulling in 10 touchdowns. So I think a lot of Tyler Lockett's a great player. Uh, I've, I've been on the podcast. I seem, I feel like every single week repping Russell Wilson and how much I love him, but I hate the scheme and the run first scheme in Seattle. Cause I feel like they're just wasting Russell Wilson's potential there. But with, uh, Tyler Lockett being so efficient, I, I think that's going to go down. I do understand that Doug Baldwin is now retired 
they did bring in DK Metcalf, who, you know, he's going to be awesome, I think, eventually, but it's going to take him a minute as a rookie receiver. And I think Lockett will get his numbers. I just don't see him. He finished last year as the 16th receiver. I just don't see that happening um, this year. I just don't think he's going to be that high with everybody else. And Lockett was kind of the main show last year while Baldwin was hurt for most of the season. So I'm fading Lockett just a little bit. Uh, his ECR is at 24 and his ADP is at 22. He's going in the middle of the fifth round. So I'm kind of right with the consensus, uh, but I just I know the upside is there. Obviously, we saw it last year, but I'm a little bit concerned in general because I think if the efficiency goes down with Lockett, um, I don't think he's going to score 10 touchdowns, that's for sure. And if his efficiency comes down a little bit, then I think he could even potentially fall out of the top 25. Um, did, you lo- uh, did you rank Lockett anywhere? Yeah, so I actually had him a bit um, higher than you. I had him at 21. Okay, cool. Did I miss anything that you want to expand on? So – even though he wasn't the number one wide receiver last year, he still had an 89.6% snap share, and that's mm-hmm. only going to go up um, now uh, Doug Bolden's gone. Um, and given that they have no idea who's going to be the starting running back, I don't think for the first six weeks of the season, while they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, I don't think they're going to try and pound the rock as much as they did last year, simply because they have no consistency at running back. So I think they're going to come out of the, out of the gates really hot, and I think Tyler Lockett is going to do really, really nicely the first six, first six weeks of the season. And if um, their new OC can see that, then there's no reason why they would kind of stray away from that. Just because historically they've been a run-first team doesn't mean they won't change. I mean, you, you kind of, you've got to remember two seasons ago, Russell Wilson was the number one QB in terms of fantasy. Um, and there's no reason he can't do that again. He's not gone down in talent. In, in terms of talent around him, he, I think he's actually gone up. Um, so he's, he's got two more years in the league. Um, he's, he's more mature. Um, he's more settled. Now his contract's done. Um, I think it could be... I, I think we could actually be sleeping on Tyler Lockett, to be quite honest. I think he could seriously blow up. Fair enough. I love it, man. I love it. And, and I'm at 24. You're at, what, 21, you said? Yeah, 21. Okay, cool. So we're both in kind of the middle, middle to end of the RB two, or RBs. I'm still in running back week. Sorry, uh, wide receiver, <laughs> wide receiver twos there. So I, I, um, I could see the upside, man, for sure. I'm just a little bit concerned about the efficiency continuing, but I think you yeah, bring up some course. great points. Bring up some great points. Let's move on to 23. I have Calvin Ridley. Who do you have? Uh, I have Kenny Galladay at 23. Okay, I have Kenny Galladay up significantly higher at 18. So we'll get to Galladay here in a second. Cool. As okay. as for Ridley, he started his rookie season on fire. Uh, after a goose egg in week one against Philadelphia, he racked up 19 targets, 15 receptions, 264 yards, and six touchdowns, and finishes the wide receiver two overall from weeks two through four behind only Adam Thielen, who I think we all remember started absolutely insane last year. Yeah, he definitely lost me a few games last year. <laughs> <laughs> after after the three uh, games, though, where, where Calvin really came out of the gate super hot, he did cool off to a modest wide receiver 33 over the rest of the season, weeks five through 17. And we finally saw uh, Julio Jones getting used properly um, where he didn't have any touchdowns until week eight. And then he kind of went off in the second half finally. But my biggest concern for Calvin Ridley, I actually really like him. I think he's another player like uh, Tyler Boyd, where he actually benefits from having Julio Jones on the field, taking up the top coverage and even uh, a, a safety over the top where Calvin Ridley can run free there. Um, I would be a little bit higher on Ridley as talent and this offense in general. I love Matt Ryan, and I think having Dirk Cutter back in Atlanta is going to help a lot. I would have him a little bit higher, but last year he was second in the league with 10 drops, which was terrible. 
And actually, yeah. uh, surprisingly, Julio Jones had nine drops. So um, I love the upside of Calvin Ridley. I think this offense is going to get back. They were absolutely decimated on both sides of the ball last year. They, have, they had no run game when Devonta Freeman went down again. But Dirk Cutter coming back in who uh, set the the Falcons up uh, big time in 2012 through 2014. I think that's going to happen again in 2019. So I like Ridley a lot, but right now I'm kind of pacing it. I have him at 23. He finished 22 last year. ECR has him at wide receiver 28, so I'm a little higher than that. And ADP has him at 21. It's the second pick in the fifth round. Yeah, so I don't actually have Calvin Ridley uh, ranked in my top 24, but you have kind kind of spoiled the later part. Because I've got him as, um, as as a huge breakout in terms of going further than what he did last year. Um, so last year, he obviously got 10 touchdowns um, off less than 100 targets. Um, so that's more than a touchdown per 10 targets, mm-hmm. which, is, which is ridiculously yep. efficient. Kind of almost Tyler Lockett efficient. Yep. And they've just got Dirk Cutter back as their offensive coordinator, which if you think back to when he was the previous offensive coordinator with the Falcons, Matt Ryan had his best seasons in terms of quarterback performance in his career with Dirk Cutter. They went ridiculously kind of pass heavy um, when they had Dirk Cutter as as the previous offensive coordinator. So I think Ridley's value could only kind of go up. I mean, I wouldn't say he's going to break the top 15, but it's definitely, I, I, I wouldn't be against saying that he's going to break the top 20 by the end of the season just because there's so many weapons on that offense and it's going to be so pass heavy. Um, I, I honestly, <laughs> there's, there's not many receivers that you could say could get better than Calvin Ridley in their second year. But I honestly think he has, has a really high potential to kind of become obviously the, the, the solid wide receiver too in, in the Falcons. Cause obviously Mohamed Sanu's there. Um, but I think he could almost be this year's Juju Smith-Schuster from last year. Love it. I love that. And we'll get to, we'll get to some breakouts later on. And I, I appreciate you jumping the gun a little bit. Cause I, you know, it, it, as it comes up, man, you know, speak it up. We're a, we're a free podcast. We're here for the people. So I've I, got plenty of breakouts. I, don't worry. I know. I know. That's, that's good news, man. I'm, I'm stoked for that. So, okay. So you don't have them ranked in your top 24 as of right now, but yeah. as I say on all these podcasts, we're in June, okay? We're in middle June. Come August time, some things might change up. You might actually end up ranking Calvin Ridley in the top 24 come draft season. Nonetheless, you're clearly stoked on him just as I am. So that's good to hear. Um, who is your 23rd receiver? So uh, I have uh, Chris Godwin at, at, at 22, yeah. Uh, who's your 23rd? Oh, sorry, 23rd. Um, Kenny Galladay was my 23rd. Okay, cool. We'll skip him until until uh, a, yeah. little, a little bit later. Perfect. So why don't you start off with Chris Godwin? I also have him at 22 and I would just uh so we're we're the same there I'll just say that he finished 27th overall last year and of course we do PPR uh full PPR primarily here on the podcast Mm -hmm. finished 27th he's uh ECR 19 right now ADP 23 going as the seventh pick in the fifth round uh tell me about Chris Godwin um so yeah we've got him three places kind of later in in terms of ranking um and he finished 16 I think yes finished 16 in terms of fantasy points with 222 points. So that's still a really respective, uh, probably respectable kind of number. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, no, 185. Uh, I, I was looking at Tyler Lockett's. Um, 185, which is still, obviously, I, I would say anything over 180 is something that you could 
Ely plug and play every single week at a flex. Um, and, I, and I think he's got that upside, especially on the, on the Buccaneers. Um, the Buccaneers have a, a kind of, especially last year, they were known for being a very, very pass-heavy team. I mean, they were um, sixth rank in terms of pass in terms of passing. So they they passed the sixth most amount of times, um, and that's only I think that's only going to increase this year. Um, James Winston now has a solid job. There's no one behind him that can compete, um, so he's going to feel more comfortable with taking some more chances because he's not going to feel in that someone's breathing down his neck. Um, and Chris Godwin's a similar kind of player to Tyler Boyd. He performs better when he's with Mike Evans. Yep. Um, so I, I think Tyler Boyd, Chris Godwin, those kind of players are very much in the same area in terms of performance, which is why I've got them ranked kind of two spots apart. Um, the, only, the only thing I'm, I'm slightly concerned on is um, his red zone targets. Um, so he was actually ranked 41st um, in terms of red zone target percentage um, with 18.6%. Um, he only had 16 targets. That's one target per game in the red zone. Um, which, when when you're thinking about upside, it's going it's going to really hinder his potential in terms of scoring. Um, I mean, he got seven touchdowns, but a lot of those touchdowns were longer, so they were outside of the red zone. Um, so yeah, I, I think his potential is good, but I don't think he's going to match what he did last year, which is why I've got him ranked at 22. Fair enough. I, I actually, I have him ranked at 22 as well, but I almost kind of want to put him a little bit higher. I'm really excited about new head coach uh, Bruce Arians coming in, who we saw really blow up the Steelers years ago. He blew up the, the uh, he kind of resurrected um, Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Carson Palmer late in their careers in Arizona. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Godwin had at least 13 PPR points in seven games last year, and he had at least 12 PPR points in four of the six games over the last two years when Deshaun Jackson was off the field. Now, of course, Deshaun Jackson is back in Philadelphia and Adam Humphreys is now in Tennessee. So there's more targets there for Chris Godwin to be the bona fide number two receiver there for Tampa Bay. So I really like that. I remember watching one particular game. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback and Chris Godwin had like four of those targets you just talked about in the red zone. I think you know five of those came in one game or something. It was insane. I saw him. He got targeted. I happen to know this because I had him on my team at the time and I was watching closely. He had three plays in a row that they targeted him from like the five-yard line, targeted him in the end zone. Two of them were overthrows. The other one he dropped right in his gut. That was on one drive. I think they ended up kicking a field goal. And then the next time down, they threw another one and he missed it. And they threw another one. He finally caught a touchdown. So in one game, I think he had about five of those red zone targets with uh, Fitzpatrick. But we do know that Jameis Winston loves Mike Evans. And I think they'll have a, a good rapport with Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin's another one of these players that's coming into his third season, you know, which I think is, is uh, we've seen be huge for uh, re- re- receivers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, the, that's year. the year. That's the year. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Chris Godwin. And actually, you know, these rankings are so are so interesting because, you know, I do them on my own and you do them on your own and we break everything down and I start ranking people. And then you start talking to other people. And I'm like, well, shit, am I too low or am I too high or what's up? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, well, what I've learned over the last two episodes with Justin and Willie is like I go back after talking to Justin about quarterbacks, I went back through my rankings and I made one or two moves. And with running backs, with Willie, I made one or two moves. And 
it may have been because of him and maybe just because I think of things differently, but nonetheless, again, we're in June, man. We're trying to put this out early so that we all have a, a, a head up on the game. So I really like Chris Godwin. I think he's poised for a, for a breakout last year. You could say it was a breakout over his rookie season for sure. But this year, I think being the definite number two, I think he's a, uh, I think he's going to beast out and do, do really well this season. Um, so he's my 22nd uh, wide receiver, but I could see him uh, getting inside the top 20. No problem. 21, who do you have? Uh, I have okay, Tyler cool. Lockett at 21. Um, so, sure. yeah, we've, we've kind of gone over him. Um, I, I, I do really love him. Um, as I said in the previous point, I honestly think that he's a similar situation to Calvin Ridley. He, even though his efficiency may go down, his volume will go up, which will Callum balance it out. Um, I, I, honestly, I honestly think he's going to have a massive year this year. Um, the skill set that he's got, he is a very similar, I know I keep bringing it up, but he's a very similar receiver to Calvin Midley. The way that he plays football, he's very um, root-orientated. Root he's really good route runner. Um, he's very fast, and he's also really reliable with his catches. Um, so, so as long as Russell Wilson is kind of confident and um, thrown it to him, then I really don't see any sort Which of Which it seems like he will be, as, as they were literally the most efficient combo yeah. in the NFL last year. So. I think you're yeah, I think exactly. you're totally totally correct there. I have Cooper Cup at twenty one and he's another player that I want to rank higher. He's actually my favorite Rams receiver. Uh we'll get to him later in some of my mm-hmm. uh some of my breakdowns, but um it's just it's just the hesitation on the injury. You know, I mean, that's really yeah. it. Uh, you know, we talked about Gurley last week, and I have Gurley at fifteen and people are like losing their mind. And I'm like, look, obviously if he was healthy, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be that low, but he's not, and that's an issue. Like, you have to consider that. So, Cooper Cup, you know, he missed eight games last year, but he led the Rams even still in fantasy points per game. He was 15th in fantasy points per game at 16.9, ahead of Robert Woods at 16.6, and ahead of Cooper, or, uh, Brandon Cooks at 16.2. So, all three of these guys were fucking animals last year, and they will be again this year. But Cup really, I think, is the cream of the crop, to be honest, with Jared Goff. He saw no fewer than six targets in every game that he played in which he didn't get hurt. So he played, you know, eight games technically, but he got hurt in two of those. So if you just kind of take it as six games, he saw six targets in each one of those. Um, I I love Cooper Cup. I mean, he made the 2017 All-NFL, uh, All-Rookie team. He's heading into his third season as well, which a lot of my top 24 guys are this year. Um, which again, we often see the receivers break out there. So he's coming off a torn ACL, which I'm certainly concerned about. They say he's going to be ready for week one. I am a little bit hesitant on that. Um, and when we get to uh, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks later in our rankings, I'll kind of break down a little bit more cups. Cup being in the lineup affects Cooks and Woods in different ways, I think, which we'll get to later on. But Cooper Cup, I personally love. And he's, again, he's my favorite Rams receiver. I've got him at 21 right now. But if he's healthy coming in the season, I'll easily put him in the top 20. And honestly, I might even float him around that maybe 15 range. Uh, and I would drop maybe Cooks and Woods a little bit if, if Cooper Cup does come back healthy. Yeah, clearly great great minds think alike because I've, I've got him a similar area too. I've okay. got him at 19. So we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. But I've, I've, I've actually looked at the stats and – um, out of the people that I've ranked in the top 24, he's got the second most fantasy yep. points per target mm. at 2.41, just behind Tyler Lockett. So if you think about that across a full season, if you can stay healthy with um, Jared Goff at quarterback and with uh, Todd Gurley's kind of uh, snap share gone down, so it's not going to be as run heavy, 
<laughs> you might yep. be looking at I agree. I totally agree. And I'll probably have him in my, in my top 15 for sure. If he's coming back healthy right now, I just rankings wise, I have him lower, but I'm hoping that he can recoup and, and, and uh, come back, but a torn ACL man, honestly, I think what's going to happen with Cooper cup this year is I think he will come back and play enough to be relevant and hopefully he stays healthy, but maybe he plays 12, 15, 14 games, whatever. And he'll be solid probably where I've got him like lower our uh, wide receiver too. But I think what's going to happen is his numbers going to be down from what people expect. And he's going to drop in drafts next year and come back fully healthy from that torn ACL. And then next year, I think he's really going to explode to be kind of a top 10 receiver and, and take over cooks and woods potentially um, if people are sleeping on him, but that's all kind of hypotheticals. Uh, who do you have at 21? So at 21, I have uh, okay. Tyler Lockett. Um, so yeah, we've, fair we've enough. Uh, let's get into him. number 20. Uh, why don't you go first? Cause mine's kind of a, might be a reach to some people. Who do you have at 20? <laughs> I, th- I think we might, might be on the same one then. I've got Alshon okay. Jeffrey I was going to ask you about him because you're you're an Eagles fan, correct? Hey, hey really quick, yeah. we, we we went over your uh, <laughs> yeah, we went indeed. over your intro, uh, but we kind of left that out. How uh, you know, growing up in England, how did you become an Eagles Eagles fan? Really quick. Um, so, <laughs> a lot of people will say, obviously, because they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, they'll say, "Oh, Josh, you uh, you're a bandwagoner," kind of like when I say to my mates, yep. Patriots fans <laughs> um, or Seahawks fans, um, but no, I actually like the Eagles when we were kind of the dream team but never won anything. So we had Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, all these kind of stud guys when you think about it in terms of talent, mm-hmm. but we never won anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I always uh, supported the Eagles mainly because of watching them and the players that they had. I never really bothered about if they won or not. It was more about enjoying watching them play. Um, and LaShawn McCoy was just one. He's one of my favorite running backs of, of all time, just simply because of of what he can do. He reminds me of obviously not as talented, but a very similar style to to Barry Sanders in terms of how he runs. Um, he, he's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I like the Eagles. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is that's is, awesome. Is well, I actually so. have. A, I was going to ask you about Alshon if you didn't bring him up. I've got him. At wide receiver 25, so just out of my top 24, so I wasn't planning on breaking him down, but uh, why don't you go ahead and and talk about your boy Alshon. And and by the way, I love Alshon Jeffrey. I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm I'm a little bit worried about Carson Wentz, to be honest, and uh, we'll see if he can can pair up uh, and stay healthy. But I had Alshon Jeffrey for a couple years when he was on the Bears, and he was unbelievable, but he always – he touched on machine, but he always has these soft tissue issues – which unfortunately for receivers in your calf or your thigh, your hamstring, those really wear you down and they're hard to recover from over a season when you don't have enough time to rest. So that's my main concern about Alshon Jeffrey, but the talent is certainly there and they have a high flying offense. So why don't you break down Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah, of course. So I actually have him higher than the ECR at 22. Mm -hmm. I have him at 20. Um, But one of the main reasons why I've got him so high is because of the strength of schedule. The Eagles have the third best strength of schedule um, in the NFL this year. And given the amount of offensive weapons that they've got, and obviously another year with Doug Peterson, um, I honestly think, even though Alshon Jeffrey is kind of the main uh, safety blanket, so to speak, other than Zach Ertz on that team, I think Alshon Jeffrey has the highest red zone potential this year if Carson Wentz can stay healthy Mm. based on the strength of schedule. Um, He's been drafted um, 
at the yep. back end of the sixth round. Um, and for someone who's historically had such success at the position to get drafted that late, I think people are, are kind of, it's almost disrespectful to him. People, he's not an old man, and he's not an old man, he's not past his prime. He's still got a lot of juice left in the tank, and it just takes a constant QB to bring it out of him. I mean, you saw that, uh, I think it was in the, in the Super Bowl season where he had his best Eagles um, his best Eagles season in terms of production. And that was because he had Carson Wentz mm-hmm. for most of the season. Um, so uh, as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy, he will stay at that point for me. If Carson Wentz drops out, he's out of my top 25. Yep, I totally so. agree. And to your point, Alshon uh, is 29 this season going in. So he's not super old as a running I mean, as a running back, 29 is old. As a receiver, that's kind of, you know, in his prime. So I think he'll be just fine. What's interesting about Alshon is he actually put in finally 13 games last year, but he only had 65 catches, less than a thousand yards and only six touchdowns, which you would think in, in really, you know, one of the better offenses in the league, whether you have Foles or Wentz, obviously Wentz is better, but whether you have either one of those guys, they have a great offense there. And for him to not eclipse a thousand yards in 13 games and only have six touchdowns was kind of an alarm. Uh, You know, he had a great, uh, great game in the playoffs. Um, But you know, again, I'm just kind of hesitant on uh, Wentz in general. I want to see him actually healthy. I like him a lot as a player, but he's got a lot of different injuries to overcome. And with Alshon Jeffrey, it's more about him staying on the field as well. So I don't actually have him at, in my top 24, but I do have him right at the bubble at 25. So I can. Yes. In- interesting stat on Alshon Jeffrey, actually. Um, everyone loves Tyler Lockett. I've got Tyler Lockett one place behind mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey at 21. But. Based if if Alshon Jeffrey had played a full sixteen game season, Alshon Jeffrey would have outperformed Tyler Lockett in Love terms it. of PPR points. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was projected for two hundred twenty eight point eight points, and Tyler Lockett got two hundred twenty two point four. So that's a that's a, that's a touchdown. That's one touchdown in it, um, and that's partly why I like Alshon Jeffrey. Last year wasn't his best year, and he still outperformed someone that people are loving. I like it. Awesome, man. My next one is, uh, it might be a little bit of a reach for some people. I'd be interested to see if you have them ranked. Uh, it is Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. And Mike Williams is my dog. I was repping him last year, coming off of a hurt season in 2017. I put him as one of my breakouts last year. I was correct there. He had 10 touchdowns. I think he's set to explode again. Um, he you know, I, I think he's a top 10 receiver upside wise. Uh, I just don't have, I don't have him as high because yeah. there's so many mouths to feed and we'll see how he does in that bona fide number two role. Also Hunter Henry is coming back, but for me, I want to rank him higher. Basically. I just don't know who to put, <laughs> who to put over him. The guy I have in front of him is uh, Sammy Watkins, which we'll get to in a second. And that might be a guy that I could, I could leapfrog if Tyree kill comes back. But you know, for me, it, 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 <sighs> This is the, the most interesting stat I found on, on uh, Mike Williams per uh, Mike Tagliera Fantasy Pros was over the last 10 years, Mike Williams is just one of 16 receivers to finish top 20 in fantasy points with less than 100 targets. So he finishes the top 20 receiver with less than 100 targets. Mike, Mike Williams did it wow. with just 66 targets. The next closest was Tyler Lockett last year who did it with 71. So he had five more targets than Mike Williams. Mike Williams has basically the fewest amount of targets in the last um, 10 years 
to finish as a, as a uh, top 20 receiver. So again, with Tyrell Williams out of town in Oakland now and um, Keenan Allen, which I know we're going to get to in a little bit, uh, but I think Keenan Allen might take a, a little bit of a step back just to Mike Williams, at least around the goal line, but Hunter Henry coming in on the goal line as well. We'll see what happens, but I think Melvin Gordon might take a step back in the passing game as well to uh, Austin Eckler. So I, I really see Mike Williams kind of exploding this year. He's 6'4", 220. He has great hands. He only had two drops last year. And, you know, he was third in the league in, in fantasy points per target uh, with two, uh, 2.7. So I like Mike Williams a lot. Right now his ECR is 29. His ADP is 26. He's going as the last pick in the fifth round. And honestly, I – I would definitely consider him in the earlier part of the fifth round. I think his upside is incredible if, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I actually don't have Mike Williams ranked in my top 24. He's at my 25 spot. So um, I'm not too far away. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. He's got major, major upside. Uh, I mean, he showed last year. I ten think touchdowns. Ten touchdowns, yeah. was it? Um, last year, which is, which is massive. And people always disrespect mm-hmm. Philip Rivers. He is a very, very pass-heavy guy. He loves throwing it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. He has definitely got potential to be in that spot. Um, the only reason I don't even ranked is just because Keenan Allen and now if Melvin Gordon can stay healthy, I think they're going to lean on him a little bit more um, in terms of the run game just to kind of balance it out. They were a very pass-heavy team last year. Um, so I don't want... Well, I, I say I don't want. I only say that because I've got Melvin Gordon on one of my on one sure. of my leagues that I've already drafted. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly, honestly think the Chargers are going to try and balance out um, their their pass to run ratio. So that's the only reason I've got Mike Williams down a little bit. I think he's going to project. I I've projected him for eight to nine touchdowns. Um, I don't think he's going to break the double digits this year. But I think he's fair enough. I, I think he does break double digits, and I think his yardage will go up as well. So. I agree with you. Cool. Yeah. Um, who do you have at number 19? So I have Cooper Cup at 19. I have a little bit higher than me. Bit, um, That's great. I'm actually, I'm actually glad to hear that because um, I, I was a little bit hesitant in, in putting him uh, where I put him, but that's that's great, man. Uh, what what else can you add about Cooper Cup that I didn't? Yeah, so my, my main reason for it was that fantasy points per target. 2.41 for somebody on a team where you've got Todd Gurley, You've got Robert Woods, you've got Brandon Cooks. They are all studs in their own right. And he's already, out of this top 24 that I've ranked, he's got the second most points per target, which in terms of full season is what you want. It's consistency. Um, and, and to me, when I'm drafting, <laughs> I, I, want, I want to be able to trust my player. And he's getting drafted at the mm-hmm. back end of the fourth round. He has potential to be a top 12, top, totally top 15 receiver if not top 10, if he stays healthy the full season. And he's being drafted at the end of the yep. fourth, early fifth round. So it's a, no bra- it's a no-brainer, really. If anything, we're being too harsh on him. He could be ranked Agreed. a lot, lot And I higher. think we would have, we would um, have him higher if he yeah, didn't have the I mean, injury concern. Yeah, exactly. I think in terms of other points, I think, I think you've kind of raised most of them. I just wanted to reiterate that 2.41 points per target. It is ridiculous. ridiculous. And, and you had mentioned earlier about Robert Woods with only six touchdowns. Cooper Cup was on pace over 16 games. Cooper Cup had six touchdowns in 
the eight games that he played. And yeah. as I mentioned, as I mentioned <laughs> yeah, earlier, yeah, yeah. he was hurt in two of those. So he was on pace to double Robert Woods and, and uh, Brandon cooks in touchdowns. He, you know, he was on pace to have 12 and I think he would have had that. I, man, I can't say enough about Cooper cup, but actually it kind of makes me upset that I have him ranked so, so low because seeing his name at number 21 for me, like, makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, but again, I just have to remember that like a torn ACL is, is a big deal, you know? Um, now guys are recovering better than they used to. Obviously the, the, the medical is better than it used to be, but still, you know, you rip a, a ligament in your leg. It's going to take you about a year to come back. And he's going to be on that roughly, you know, nine month to 12 month trajectory by the time he gets to the season. So even if he plays, he probably won't be a hundred percent until halfway through the season. And I'm just concerned that, you know, by that time he's going to get outpaced by a number of these other guys that we're talking about. So right now he's 21, but like you said, and I've said multiple times, we could have Cooper cup top 12 come August. If he, uh, if he's healthy, definitely. So I, I actually did um, a quick calculation on out of the 24 guys that I've ranked. Um, if Cooper cook, had, Cooper cup had played all 16 games, who would he have scored higher points than? I've got AJ Green, I've got Brandon Cooks, I've got Amari Cooper, I've got Tyler Boyd, I've got Kenny Galladay. All of these guys are getting drafted. Well, most of these guys are getting drafted higher than Cooper Cup, and he will have he would have scored more than absolutely. And he's in a better offense than all of them as well. Yeah, I I totally agree, exactly. man. I totally agree. Okay, cool. Well, uh, my number nineteen is Sammy Watkins, and this is totally dependent on Tyreek Hill, of course. And I think this this right now is a good time yep. for me to uh, mention that over these this episode and the next episode when we do our top 12, I do not have T- Tyreek Hill ranked at all right now. He's not ranked. He's not ranked anywhere. Yeah, neither do and I. that is strictly because we don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people think he's going to get uh, suspended, but nobody actually knows. I think he will get suspended by the league, but nobody actually knows. So he's not anywhere. Now, if he was Tyreek Hill for 16 games – He's a top five, you know, top eight receiver at least, but I'm not going to put him in there. So I have Sammy Watkins in at 19, assuming that Tyreek Hill misses at least four to six games, which I think he will from the league. So if Sammy Watkins can play, first of all, if he stays healthy himself, I think Sammy Watkins will way outperform uh, his ECR, which is 25, his ADP is 24, and he's getting picked in the middle of the fifth round. I think Sammy Watkins could be a, a, a... you know, wide receiver one by the end of the season if Tyreek Hill is out most of the season and, and uh, Sammy Watkins stays healthy. In the last 10, uh, or excuse me, last year in 10 games, Sammy had 55 targets, 40 receptions, 519 yards, and three touchdowns. But he played really well in the playoffs as well with six catches, 62 yards versus the Colts. And then he had four catches for 114 versus New England. He was wide receiver 24 from weeks one through nine, including a goose egg in week four. So if Tyreek Hill does get suspended, I think that uh, Sammy Watkins will be a, uh, a wide receiver. Number one, no question about it. They do have, um, uh, let's see, Miko Hardman coming in who is supposed to take over for Tyreek Hill, but I just don't see that happening right away. Um, so for me, Sammy Watkins could potentially be a sleeper, but he's also one of the biggest boomer bust candidates. Um, I think in the NFL, just, just given his, injury history and he's missed 16 games over the last four seasons after playing a full 16 his rookie year in Buffalo. So can you trust Sammy Watkins? I wouldn't say yes. Um, but is he worth the risk? 
especially if Tyreek is out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. Do you have Sammy Watkins anywhere in your rankings? Yeah, I do. And I seem to be more favored on, on these guys than you are. Cause I've gotten two spaces. Okay, good. Well, that's, that's two. good. To, that's good to hear though, man, because I've been trying, you know, I obviously the rankings come out with like statistical, like, you know, order in, in, you know, uh, category and stuff like that. And they kind of fall into place chronologically, but then I try to take a human element to these as well. Right. If Cooper Cubs healthy, he's way higher. Yeah, if Sammy Watkins is higher or is healthy, he's way higher. If, Tyler Lockett is definitely going to be as efficient as he was last year. He's way higher, you know, stuff like that. But I take a human element and say, eh, they're not healthier. Maybe he won't be efficient or we don't know what's up with Tyree Kill and all this stuff. So, again, we're in June. These are my initial rankings. But it's nice to hear that you actually have Sammy Watkins in here because there's other people like, dude, ECR has him at 25, not even in the top 24, and ADP has him at 24 right now. So most people, the uh, the industry professionals, if you will, don't even have him as an RB2 uh, right now, and I think most of those people are still ranking Tyreek Hill, which I just am not going to do. Yeah, no, my my main thing with with Sammy Watkins is people, even though he's been in the league for so long, people forget he's still twenty six years old. He came in the league. I know he, he he's still so so young. If he can stay healthy, he will he will be. I, I I'm going to say it now he's going to be a top twelve receiver, if not a top ten receiver, if he can stay healthy. Hundred percent. Now, uh, really quick. What is your – and I don't want to make guesses because, you know, a lot of what we're going to talk about is probably going to be bullshit because we don't actually know what's up with Tyreek Hill. But your gut feeling, yeah. do you think he gets suspended? And if so, what do you predict and how long? Um, I think he does get uh, suspended, but I think it will be uh, 12 games. So I think, I think he'll come back just before – So you think he'll game. get suspended for 12 games, come back for about four? Okay, I think he'll get suspended yeah. closer, maybe maybe you know four to six. There wasn't any legal action, so that's the only reason I think it's not as bad. Um, you know, we saw what happened with Kareem Hunt and things like that. Like because there wasn't legal action, I, I don't think it'll be as harsh. But I do think, nonetheless, I mean, we all heard the text and the and the voicemail and all that shit, and none, you know, no matter what, it's disturbing, and the NFL needs to do something about that. So I think he does get suspended. Therefore, yeah. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be a beast in the first half of the season. But once Tyreek Hill comes back, I mean, he's he's Tyreek Hill once he comes onto the field. So I think Sammy Watkins will fall at that yeah. point. The only the only reason I say that long is because I think the Chiefs may end up putting their own sort of disciplinary acting on him, simply because they don't want to look like pushovers. Bear in mind they had Kareem Hunt last year, and now they've had Tyreek Hill this year. They don't want to be the new Dallas Cowboys with all these different kind of lawsuit actions they want to have the reputation like Patrick Mahomes being the golden child of the NFL they don't want that dark side so I I honestly think they may end up putting some sort of disciplinary action on Tyreek Hill as fair enough remind me who you have at number 19 Uh, got it we talked about him already all right well let's take a quick break before we get into the wide receivers 13 through 18 And if you like what you're hearing from uh, us on the podcast here and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast on Instagram at FantasyFootball underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Drop us an email at TCKpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review for the podcast. It really does help us to get your feedback, helps all the algorithms and everything else. And before we hear from Anchor, Josh, why don't you let them know one more time where they can find you as well? 
Yeah, so you can find us on our main platform on Instagram uh, at the Fantasy Footballer UK. Um, same handle on Facebook at the Fantasy Footballer UK. And we've also got a, a Twitter as well at the FF. Perfect. UK as Before well. we get into the rest of our podcast, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, man, let's get into the next six names. We have gone through number 24 through 19. Let's get into 18 through 13. And on the next episode, we'll run through our top 12. So at 18, I have Kenny Galladay. Looks like you had him a little bit lower earlier. Where did you have him? Uh, I had 23. Okay. 23. So why don't you start off with Kenny Galladay and then I'll bring it up. Okay. So the reason I've got Kenny Galladay so, well, <laughs> so low comparatively um, is that, <laughs> yeah. Um, c- compared, compared to you is Marvin Jones. Now Marvin Jones didn't play a full season last year, but um, I did some calculations and based on what he got in the games that he did play, he would have projected nine touchdowns, over 900 yards, and 62 receptions, which would have come out at 206 PPR points, which is around 20 to 25 overall for wide receiver, um, which can take a mm-hmm. massive hit on Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is much more of a touchdown grabber. He's much more greedy when it comes to the pay dirt. Kenny Galladay is between the 20s. Um, the, only, the only way I can compare it is Kenny Galladay is more like a Julio Jones or but less dominant. Um, he's, I know a lot of analysts now <laughs> call him Babytron. Um, he's, he's a similar kind of player to, to Calvin Johnson, um, but he's not there yet, obviously. Um, but yeah, I honestly think Marvin, Marvin Jones, if he can come back nice and healthy, I mean, we saw him, I think it was two or three seasons ago, where he went on a stint of being the number one wide receiver for quite a few number of weeks, um, just because of the amount of production that he was getting. Um, and bear in mind, now they've got uh, on Johnson in the next year. Um, he's only going to get more confident, and that means that <laughs> all the defense are going to are going to kind of stop Carrion Johnson because he is a he's a he's a great talent running back, um, which only opens up more space for Kenny Galladay 
and Marvin Jones. And as we all know, the slot is, is definitely more valuable and Marvin Jones runs more out of the slot. Than right. And, you know, the Marvin Jones, I think, is a great, great call. I'm actually going to bring him up later on uh, in our, our values uh, breakdown. And I think that's a great, great argument. Um, I just I think that Kenny Galladay is poised to break out again. It's his third year as well. Um, I think he's on pace to be the number one receiver in Detroit for sure. I love Marvin Jones, but I think he's going to kind of start to fall into more of that, you know, secondary um, possession receiver role. Whereas I think Kenny Galladay can kind of, I don't want to compare him to Calvin Johnson, but he can be more of that kind of downfield huge body. Uh, But I agree with you. I think that's an interesting point you bring up about him and Julio Jones is that I agree with you that I think he's much, much more dominant in you know between the 20s than he is in the red zone for some reason there's no reason julio jones shouldn't catch i mean julio jones should catch 20 (laughs) touchdowns a season seriously like he's fucking unbelievable and and honestly uh kenny galladay could could catch 10 to 12 every year too if they just peppered him down there but you're right they're run first um i think that they are going to feature the run down in the red zone they have a number of uh, quality running backs they brought in cj anderson so my, my thing is really just just on the third year breakout for Kenny Holiday. I think he's I think it'll happen. Um, he last year uh, he had over a thousand yards of five touchdowns and he doubled or tripled his 2017 numbers as a rookie. You know, he had double digit targets in four of his 15 games and he had 15 targets in both 11 and 16 uh, weeks, 11 and 16. So. I really like Kenny Galladay personally. I think he's going to do just fine. I am a little bit worried about the pass game in general in uh, Detroit, but I think Kenny Galladay will be all right. And my only concern, I think Marvin Jones is a value, which I'll get to in a little bit, but my concern with Marvin Jones is that he's coming off of a bone bruise in his knee that cost him the final seven games of the year. But, uh, you know, as he mentioned, if he, if he was over 16 games, I mean, Marvin Jones would have paced out to a, a wide receiver to himself. So then the question becomes, do the Lions, do you think the Lions are a team with a run-first mentality to have two players within the top 24? Probably not. Um, so for me, Kenny Galladay would make it in there. I don't think Marvin Jones does. And just on the upside alone, uh, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Kenny Galladay a little bit higher there. Yeah, yeah, I respect that. I respect that you made some Okay, really so we'll, we'll agree to disagree. And again, that's why we do these things. Uh, let's get into um, yeah, number 18 for you. Uh, I've got Julian. Okay, I've got him at 16, so not too far off. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, um, mainly because Mm -hmm. Gronk is gone. Um, Edelman's always been a PPR kind of of safety blanket for us fantasy players. He's guaranteed targets. He's guaranteed looks from Tom Brady. He's he's his best pal. Um, And now Gronk's gone. It's going to be even more so. Um, He's not going to be throwing... All of those targets to Nikhil Harry because it's his rookie year. We don't know if Josh Gordon's going to come back at all. If he does, it might in, eat into some um, red zone targets. But even then, Julian Edelman, it, it, he's so underrated yet overrated at the same time. Pe- people obviously see him and they talk about him in, in the playoffs and kind of late in the season when it matters. But in terms of fantasy football, people really look over him. Um, and, and I think, especially in the PPR format, you can't. Because he, he's going to be one of the safest plays in fantasy football. He fights for every injury and he'll, be, he'll guarantee you like 
kind of four, five, mm-hmm. six catches a game just because he's mm-hmm. so greedy over the middle. Yep, I field. totally agree. And and uh I think your point is is well taken that he's overrated uh but underrated at the same time. I think that's interesting because I think I think what you mean if you know if if I agree with you here is that he's underrated in that he's not considered kind of an elite receiver, which he is. Yeah. Uh but he's he's kind of um overrated in that he doesn't have the op- upside. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't have the upside to score yeah, 10 plus exactly. touchdowns. You know, he'll probably have 100 plus catches. He'll probably have 1000 yards, but that's like dink and duck dunk stuff. So he's got one of the most steady floors in the NFL within PPR, for sure. I mean, he's going to be one of the most solid, you know, middle RB or wide receiver twos um that you can possibly have. But is he going to explode for you know, 10 catches, 150 yards and two touchdowns, probably not. So I think, I think that's where he, he kind of falls yeah. in this middle, middle tier every time. Um, he did have, he did win the Super Bowl MVP, which obviously is quite impressive. Uh, and he, he really was the yeah. only player in the entire Super Bowl that like had actual stats. It was kind of a boring game. If you remember, it was a very defensive game, kind of a sloppy game on offense, but Julian Edelman business as usual, yeah. 12 targets, 10 catches, 141 yards, uh, en route to the Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, Gronk's gone, as you mentioned. My only concern with Julian Edelman is James White, uh, but I think that they play enough of a different role over the middle of the field and in checkdowns that I think both those guys will eat. But, you know, Gronk's retired as of now. We'll see if he actually comes back. But a- as of right, yeah, yeah. there is. And, and, you know, honestly, it. I think that once the juices get flowing, Gronk's going to get hungry because he's still pretty young. And I think what he might do is just kind of chill. And once they get down the seat, you know, get toward the playoffs, maybe week 12 or something, Gronk might come back and try to give an actual, like a, a real healthy, you know, um, Gronkowski in the playoffs, which over all these years that the Patriots have won these Super Bowls and been super successful in the playoffs, Gronkowski, unfortunately, has missed most of it being hurt. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, but I don't think Nikhil Harry is going to be a factor. I really don't. Um, I think that he's, he's going to be on the outside. Josh Gordon would be on the outside if he comes back, which I doubt he does. Philip Dorsett, who is kind of the third, fourth name there. Um, who's getting some praise from Tom Brady. He's also on the outside. So you're right. Julian Edelman over the middle is, is going to be really solid. And I have him as a 16. Uh, you have him as 18. He's going as the 18th, um, with ECR. He's 15th for ADP and the first pick in the fourth round, truthfully I'd probably pick somebody else in the fourth round if it came down to it but if I ended up with Julian Edelman on my team in the fourth or fifth round uh, and I had maybe say a Julio Jones up at the top or one of those elite receivers I'd be pretty stoked for his floor yeah exactly I mean I've got I've got a stat here so um, (laughs) Julian Edelman is one of the most kind of looked over receivers in terms of the red zone last year he had this. He was the sixth ranked receiver in terms of red zone target share. He goes thirty one point two percent of all targets Tom Brady threw were to him in the red zone. It's ridiculous. How mad is that? <laughs> it's ridiculous, and I, I, it's it's so cool because you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw Wes Welker be so dominant for years, and then when he left, we're like, "There's nobody that's going to be able to be as dominant as Wes Welker." And now there's Julian Edelman who is, is equally, I mean, he's just yeah. to, to take those kind of hits and to always be reliable. And you're right, Tom Brady, I mean, shit, you know, I've seen him catch like 11 balls in a game that are all like seven yard plays, but nonetheless, it moves the chains and Brady is. I think that's fair. I like that a lot. Um, let's move on, man. Number 17. Who do you have? 
So I have Sammy Watkins at 17. So I have a okay, little bit Okay, fair enough. Is there anything else you want to add? We went in over Sammy Watkins pretty extensively. Yeah, so other than kind of the things that were already raised, it's just the, the athletic ability that he possesses when he's healthy. People forget that he ran a 4-4-3 uh, 40-yard dash and he's in the 90th percentile in terms of speed score. That, so we got 109.6 speed score, which is from the playerprofile.com. I don't know if you oh, yeah. use that website, but it's a really yeah, good website for stats. Um, those, those two, so 86th percentile for 40 yard dash and 90th for speed score. That is ridiculously high for somebody that mm-hmm. <laughs> gets injured all of the time. Um, so when he's healthy, he is a very, very valid receiver in terms of stretching the field. People kind of underlook, kind of, look over him in terms of what he can do because of all of his injuries. But if you think about what he's done when he is healthy, he has looked like the receiver we always thought he was going to be. Um, so, yeah, that's the reason I've got him like that. Obviously, Tyreek Hill's not there. Um, well, so we think um, if Tyreek Hill comes back, then I suspect Sammy Watkins is, is going to kind of drop out quite significantly. Um, but for now, I've got him in my top 20 just because of the upside. Patrick yep. Mahomes is going to feed him. Absolutely feed him. He's not going to throw it to Miko Hardman as much because um, he obviously is a rookie. Um, I, I, I honestly think that, that other than Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins is going to be that, that next outlet, that next read. And for Patrick Mahomes, the second read is usually yep. 50 yards I downfield. totally agree, man. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm kind of stoked because it's funny. I came into this podcast thinking that I had some of these guys a little high and everyone that I'm skeptical on, you have them higher. <laughs> so, so I, I feel, yeah. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. All right. My 17th is Brandon cooks. And uh, I have, a, I have trouble ranking Brandon cooks and Robert Woods right now. And again, a lot of this has to do with Cooper cups, health and everything else. But um, you know, in, in my opinion, I think Brandon cooks is a better He's better for fantasy only because he has those deep bombs, but Robert Woods is kind of more reliable as yeah. far as the you know possessions and everything else. But they had very comparable um, stats in uh, 2018. Um, after let's see, after a 550 yard season in 2014 with the Saints, he's had 100 plus targets, 65 plus receptions, 1,000 plus receiving yards, and at least five touchdowns per season over the last four years with New Orleans, New England, and now the Rams. Um, in his first year with the Rams, Cook had 116 targets, 80 receptions, 1,204 yards, and six touchdowns. So what's the most interesting, I think, and this is what I wanted to bring down with uh, Cooper Cup being on or off the field. Interestingly, uh, Brandon Cooks is better when Cooper Cup is on the field. So um, my man, uh, Nick, at BDGE, I brought him up a couple times on this podcast. He's kind of my favorite independent um, podcast host and, and Instagram page. I just think he tells it like it is no bullshit and, and just straight stats. And I really, really like what he does. So give him a follow big dogs fantasy on IG. Uh, he's got a great YouTube uh, page as well. Big dogs fantasy football, but basically he broke down these stats, which I have to share, um, which I thought was pretty incredible. So um, let's see here. Uh, when cooks, and Cup were on the field and off the field. So with Cooper Cup on the field, Brandon Cooks averaged 8.8 targets, seven receptions, 115 yards, and a half a touchdown, 21.5 PPR fantasy points. Without Cooper Cup, seven targets, 4.2 receptions, 64 yards, and a third of a touchdown or 12.6 PPR fantasy points. So with Cooper Cup on the field for Brandon Cooks, 
he had essentially nine more fantasy points for him. And I think what that is, is that Cup is kind of the middle, middle of the field guy. Woods is kind of the middle of the field guy and, and Cooks takes off the, uh, the top. But when Cooper Cup is off of the field, I think, you know, Woods is is taking a, most of the middle of the field away from Cooks. And it's not always a deep bomb there. And I think that ruins the rest of the Rams offense. So it's a long-winded um, reason to say that I think, you know, if Cooper Cup is hurt and not playing right away, then I think Brandon Cooks is actually going to swap with Robert Woods, who I have higher than him. If Cooper Cup comes back and he plays right away, I'll keep Woods where he is. But right now, I really like Brandon Cooks. He's my 17th receiver, and I could see him finishing top 15 for sure. He finished 13 last year, and he missed a game. He's 15 ECR, 16 ADP, going in the middle of the fourth round. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree with you. I've got Brandon Cooks at 16, so we've only got one point, di- one, uh, one place difference. Um, and I would actually move him higher if it was a standard yeah. league, um, just because of the, those long bombs. But in a in a PPR league where we obviously value so much every single catch, as you said, he's much more of a long bomb guy, and I would rather take Robert Woods, who is more of a possession guy, over Brandon Cooks because we get those points. Fair enough. For every so reception. where do you have Cooks and Woods? So I have Cooks at sixteen and Robert okay, Woods I, at fourteen, and those two would those two would swap. I get it, and I have I have Woods at fourteen as well. So we'll get to him in just a little bit. Okay, so my uh, let's see, who do you have at seventeen? Watkins. Okay, uh, perfect. Sammy and we've gone over Edelman already. At number fifteen, I have Adam Thielen, which I know is a lot uh, lower than pretty much everybody I've talked to. He finished number seven last year. He's fourteen in uh, ECR, and he's nine in ADP going in the second round. Where do you have Adam Thielen? I have him. Okay, at so 13. even still, quite a bit lower than than most other people. Um, for me, it's just the fact that he started unbelievably last year you know we started with eight consecutive 100 yard games and six touchdowns no and it didn't I mean he was insane he had 96 targets 74 catches 925 yards and six touchdowns and finishes the wide receiver one overall with 202 PPR fantasy points and 25.3 fantasy points per game during the first eight games of the season while his teammate Stefan Diggs was number nine who actually have Diggs ranked higher however the rest of the season in weeks nine through 17 Thielen plummeted to wide receiver 25 at just 13.2 points per game while Diggs remained higher at wide receiver 16. So some of that had to do with injuries. I think a lot of that had to do with uh, Kevin Stefanski taking over as the offensive coordinator for Mike DiFilippo and turning it into a more of a run first approach. And I think a lot of that had to do with the offensive line getting beat up and Kirk Cousins just not being as good as I think everyone wants him to be. And once Dalvin Cook came back, they leaned more on the run and uh, deep bombs. And and as you mentioned, I think Thielen is more of a PPR guy where Diggs is more of a standard guy. But Diggs is quickly approaching kind of elite receiver status, I think, as long as his quarterback can maintain it. So yeah. I've got Thielen uh, three spots lower than Diggs. I've got him at 15. Yeah, so I have them swapped. So I have – uh, okay. Stefan Diggs at 15 okay. and Adam Thielen at 13. Um, again, because of the league format, PPR, Adam Thielen's more of a possession guy in terms of targets. Um, so that's why I've got him ranked a little bit higher. Stefan Diggs is, is more of a, I wouldn't say boom or bust, but he's more likely mm-hmm. to get those touchdowns than Thielen. But he's also less likely to get mm-hmm. the production than Thielen. 
Um, so that's why I've got him ranked a little bit lower. But again, in standard, it'd probably swap. Um, and come close to the season, I may end up swapping them anyway um, in PPR. The only the only thing, obviously, I, 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 I worry about Thielen, um, even though I've got him ranked a little bit higher, is that consistency. Um, but, I mean, it's another year of Kirk Cousins. It's another year of building that relationship. And, obviously, they knew coming into the season last year there was such a big kind of rapport between the two. They started off with that seven-game stretch of double-digit uh, targets, which is which is crazy. But after week seven, they only had he only had two games of double-digit right. targets, um, which which is is not what you want, especially if you're drafting him, like you said, really really early on. Um, but they saw his success and what it did for the team in those weeks that he did get that constant production. So I would be very surprised if they didn't force feed him again to build that success. Yep, I totally agree, team. man. And I, I just think that Diggs is going to take over for Thielen this year. I really do. I think we've been kind of waiting for it. I think Thielen has been awesome. I'm not hating on Thielen at all. I just think that Diggs is going to surpass him this year. Um, so it's just kind of a kind of a gut yeah. call and just the way that he played over the season. Um, Diggs is actually my number 12 receiver. I know that he's your, your – uh, Number fifteen. So yeah, so we can we can 15, dive into digs yeah. too right now if you want, and I'll just cut into to my number twelve uh, for the next episode. So why don't you do that, and then we'll get into our uh, our number fourteen and and my thirteen here, as we've already talked about Thielen. So why don't you uh, give your take on digs really quick, and then I can do the same. Yeah, of course. So uh, obviously, I've got digs at fifteen. Um, his ECR is fourteen, so I've got him mm-hmm. one place lower than than what the consensus is. Um, but his strength of schedule is a top ten. So he's got the tenth strongest schedule, uh, sorry, easiest schedule um, f- for the NFL. Which, for a for a player like him, in the situation that he's in, is is crucial. If he was if he was in a bottom ten schedule where he was against all of these awesome defenses, I wouldn't have him ranked even in fifteen, just because we saw what can happen when that production drops off. And I, and, I, and I don't want to risk that. But given that he's got such a nice strength for schedule, I'm willing to put a bit more faith in. Um, obviously, he finished as the, the 10th overall last year with 266 points, which is, which is major. Um, and 17.8 points a game. That, that's, that nice consistency. If you can plug, plug in and play a wide receiver and get 17.8 points or 18 points, say, rounding up average per week, You'll you'll be laughing. You'll be absolutely laughing. Um, so on, honestly, I think for him, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love him. Tenth um, overall uh, last year, fifteenth overall in my rankings this year. As I said, these are all going to change. As you said, these rankings are going to change by the time we get to draft scene in August. And he could, I, I wouldn't push him any higher than twelve, but he might end up as my twelfth overall. Yeah, well, he's he's my twelfth, and and it really comes on the fact that he had career highs in targets at one forty nine receptions, one hundred two yards, one thousand twenty one. He had four one hundred plus yard games, and he had nine touchdowns. And he's still yet to play sixteen games in a season over his career, but he did get to fifteen last year, which I like a lot. So again, he, he you know double digit targets in eight games, which is huge. He had a hundred, uh, he had a hundred yards in four games, which I just mentioned, and and I. Again, man, I don't. 
it's hard like with the stats and stuff because Thielen is is just as good. But I just have a gut feeling that the way that the, the seasons kind of happened last year where Thielen was incredible to start the year last year, but Diggs was like pretty solid himself. And and then the second yeah, half exactly. came and Diggs kind of maintained like like high level production and Thielen just fucking fell off. Now he was a little bit injured, which I understand, but still Diggs is kind of always hurt, you know. Um, so I I really, really like Diggs. You know, I make a mention here that Matt Harmon who uh, is a creator of Reception Perception, has him ranked as one of the highest-rated receivers, and he basically equivalates his skill set to Antonio Brown, essentially, as far as, you know, getting open and, yeah. and breaking routes and things like that. So I think, you know, Stephon Diggs is still a real young receiver, and, and I think we haven't necessarily even seen the best of him uh, either yet. He'll be just 25 when the season starts. Thielen's going to be 29. I think their roles just kind of start to turn a little bit uh, in the next couple of years, and I think that happens this year. So I've got Diggs at 12. You've got him at 15. Let's move on. We've got two more names and we'll get out of here for this episode at number 14. I have Robert Woods. Who do you have? I have Robert Woods at 14. So let's dive into him and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into my 13th, which I think we might have to save for the next episode, depending on where you have him. I think you're going to have him higher than me though. So let's dive in, dive into Robert Woods. Yeah. I've, you know, I've kind of mentioned a lot of the same things when you're talking about cup and, Cooks and Woods in the same episode, you come over a lot of the same stats. But basically, Robert Woods is ranked to the highest right now because um, basically he finished as the highest Ram last year. He finished 11th overall. Right now he's going as a 16th receiver, a um, uh, 17th receiver in ADP, 16th in ECR. He's going in the middle of the fourth round. He led the Rams in targets, 130 receptions, 86 yards, uh, 1,219 yards after catch at 420, and he tied Cooper Cup with those six touchdowns that I mentioned, um, and and uh, Brandon Cooks as well. But, you know, once Cooper Cup went on the IR with a torn ACL in Week 10, Robert Woods was the wide receiver 14. Cooks was the wide receiver 30 during that same stretch. So, again, with Cup on the field, Cooks does better. With Cup off the field, Woods does better. I'm a little bit worried about Cooper Cup right now as far as, you know, he might sit out, say, three or four games to start the season to make sure he's 100% before he comes back. If that's the case, I think Woods has the edge. And for that reason, I have Woods just a little bit higher than Cooks. Yeah, I completely agree. The main reason I love Robert Woods is because he's got the mix between volume and production. Um He's obviously a middle-of-the-field guy, but he's also a yardage guy. So last year he got, uh, obviously, 1,219 yards, which for someone that isn't that big play guy Mm -hmm. is a lot of yards. Um, I mean, he got – obviously Odell didn't play the full full season, but he got more yards than Odell. He got more yards than Amari Cooper. He got more yards than Keenan Allen. These are guys that you would name-wise – Expect to be outperforming well, Robert Woods, and they're all getting they're all getting drafted as wide but, receiver ones. All of those guys, totally. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, I think I think even though we've got him ranked at fourteen, again, similar to Stephon Diggs, he has the potential to drop into that kind of wide receiver one talk based on production. But in terms of where you're actually drafting him, you're going to get a bargain every single time. I totally agree. And again, if so let's say you get Woods, Cooks, and Cooper Cup for 16 healthy games 
not necessarily where in your overall rankings, but how would you rank those three if you definitely have Cup, Woods, and Cooks for 16 healthy games? How would you rank those guys? And Cooper Cups, just for just for hypothetical, Cooper Cup did. Yeah, I mean, he's just well. Year. I mean, well, he had the injury. You can't take that away. But let's just say he comes back, which on okay. paper he's on track to be ready for Week One. I'm just kind of worried about his hundred okay. percent by week one. So let's say he comes back week one and he is 100%. How do you rank those three? Uh, I would be having Robert Woods one, Cooper Cup two. Okay, I think I would have Cooper Cup one, Cooks two, and Robert Woods three. Uh, The last name here, so you have Thielen at 13. We've already gone over that. I have Keenan Allen. So you Mm -hmm. obviously don't have – you obviously don't have him in your your bottom uh, top 24 – I noticed that you had a nice post that we'll get into here soon. Yeah. I'm keen on Allen, exactly. On <laughs> so um, you don't have to do a spoiler alert, but you don't have him at 13 here. So what I'm going to do is we're getting long in the podcast because we had we had uh, quite a, a nice intro with you. Again, I, I appreciate you sharing your, your story and, and where you come from, um, you know, across the pond. So what I'm going to do right here is actually I'm going to leave a I'm going to leave a cliffhanger here. So I'm going to I'm going to let everyone know that I have Keenan Allen at 13 but we're going to break him down in the next episode when we do our top 12. So make sure you tune in uh, to the next episode when we, uh, Josh and I break down wide receivers one through 12. That'll do it for this episode. Special thanks to Josh for hopping on for part one of our wide receiver rankings and continuing our weekly focuses. Next episode, Josh and I discuss our wide receiver 1 through 12 in part 2 of our wide receiver rankings. Plus, we add a couple of bonus categories such as sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Be sure to email us your fantasy questions heading into 2019 to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod and Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. If you've gotten any value from this podcast, please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on our social medias. It really does mean the world to us. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Josh Knott, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.